I have a specific student in mind when I think about this sort of thing, but it's one of these things where we're really looking to, to make sure we're packaging and making available different ways to engage with this kind of an experience. So undergraduate research currently looks like a four semester sequence on campus, but we're sort of seeing where there's play in that time frame. Through honors, you can also engage in something called Capstone, which currently is a two semester experience. And I have this one student, for example, who's out in the workforce working in the school system in food service. And there's this idea that by maybe exploring the needs of Spanish speaking students in that environment, they can develop a project that is research oriented, more service research oriented, which is also a focus of our Honor Society of Phi Theta Kappa. But so this student is thinking about doing work where they get to develop Spanish materials, Spanish translated materials for the students in say the cafeterias in our the schools in our county and then see what kind of effect that has on comfort levels and engagement. Hello and welcome to Live with Chris, an interview podcast brought to you by Howard Community College, where we can learn and grow together. I am your host, Chris Oviedo, and I want to thank you for joining me today. On today's show, we are going to explore the undergraduate research and honors program offered at Howard Community College. And to do that, I want us to take a look at the word honor. If we look at this word, if we single out the word honor and we look at it as a noun, it means a variety of things, ranging from something of high respect to a rare opportunity that brings pride and pleasure, a privilege, a special distinction of proficiency, and a more specialized class or course of studies. And at HCC, we actually like to take this noun and make it into an active verb that converts all of those definitions into opportunities that connect the classroom with the real world. And to talk about those opportunities, I am joined this morning by Cheryl Campo. She's the Director of Honors and Undergraduate Research right here at Howard Community College. Cheryl, thank you and welcome to Live with Chris. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. And you know, the word honor, it's a big word. And I know that when we hear it, it sounds like something special and it, it even has this visceral reaction, right? So I want to really bring it back to this idea that is something attainable, that is something that everyone can participate. And so I want to start with that, right? And I want to set the goals of the honors program right here at Howard Community College. Sure. I love the breakdown you gave of what honors is and how it is about action. Here at HCC, we believe that to be an honors student, which originated first with our Rouse program, but there are four pillars to what it means to be honors here on our campus. And that's, of course, scholarship, which tends to be something typically associated with being honors, but also to be in fellowship with others, to be a leader, so leadership, and then ultimately to be of service. Really, as, as you mentioned with that action piece, our honors students, we really encourage to grow, to be a very engaged member of their communities, whatever that might be, whether it's here at HCC or beyond. See, I love that approach of action. I love that approach of fellowship. I love that we're already kind of taking this big word that seems so far away and distant and only for a group of people that can really achieve it. We're saying, ah, oh, wait a minute. You can be part of that group if you want to be part of that group, if this is something that you want, because it's more than what this typical idea we have of honors, of this really special. It is very special, but it is also very attainable. It is a reality that can be a reality for each one of our HEC students. Why do we offer this honors program here at Howard Community College? 
I think it's a great way for our students to focus their learning on something that isn't just a grade or, oh, my parents or whatever. Like, really, I want, and I think when we talk about it on our team, we want our students to think about how even if they're not there yet, if that's what they want for themselves, if they want that esteem, that feeling that they've accomplished something, then we absolutely encourage anyone who wants that for themselves and who may not even be there yet to go ahead and take their chance at it. We, we try and support you along the way. But we really think that it helps to tie in all the experience that students have access to here on campus. Yes, your courses, but also the student activities, also the study abroad, the service learning, just again, getting to socialize and be a part of groups here on campus, whether it's informal or formal. So I think most students are raised in the K-12 environment to think, oh, it's just about like, you know, getting those great grades in your classes. But here at HCC, we really want to encourage students to develop their whole being. It's a really holistic way to approach your education so that it prepares you to be a community member even beyond that. And when you enter your career and when you become a participating member in society. I really like what you just said there, you know, that it's beyond the grades, that it's looking at the whole person and it's really making that experience of school even better, bigger in every aspect of it, right? It's not just the academics, it's also taking all of that, seeing the whole person and really trying to give that person, as you just said, that group of people that that you can come and have a conversation with is is really kind of like wrapping the student around so that you can succeed and yes, attain that, you know, those good grades because we want you to be successful for sure, but know that education is more, it's more than that. So with that in mind, Cheryl, who should consider joining the honors program? Everyone. <laughs> I think anyone and everyone who, like I said, sees it for themselves. And maybe you are a student who in your K-12 experience, or even as an adult, because we certainly encourage any learner at any age to find this experience for themselves. Even if you never saw yourself at that, or maybe people told you that what, except that you really believe that that is in your heart and in your capacity, we encourage anyone to come and find us and talk to us about what the options are. I think sometimes we really get held up with this idea that, oh, I have to be an A student to be an honor student. But some of the biggest contributors to our world and our society We're not necessarily A students. There are many stories about those kinds of folks. But I think the idea is that like you can find your greatness in all of these different ways that we here at HCC consider to be honors, whether that's undergraduate research or the service learning piece or publishing and presenting work that you're really proud of. I think there's so many ways to show your greatness and how you are exemplify honors. So anyone and everyone. What a beautiful way to define what honors is, right? Is If you see yourself, first of all, if you see yourself and then there is many different routes, many different ways, many different opportunities, service. I had heard Cheryl say service right there, right? That you can be an honors student through your service. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's amazing. So anyone and everyone who would like to see themselves in an honors program, talk to Cheryl, please come and explore the opportunities here at HCC. And I, that's where I want to go next. I want us to really dive a little deeper. I know you kind of gave us a quick brief overview of some of the opportunities, but let's really dive into those, right? Let's really talk about what those honor programs look like here at HCC right now. 
Currently, our honors and undergraduate research area encompasses two on-campus-based honors programs, the Rouse Scholars Program and the Shane Honors Program. In addition to that, we also have a chapter of Phi Theta Kappa, which is an international honor society for two-year colleges. And as I had already alluded to, we've got undergraduate research and also a peer-reviewed research publication, the Journal of Research and Progress. I'll start out with just the honors programs, though, so the Rouse and Shane Rouse has quite a legacy here on campus. It's been in existence for over 30 years. Just this spring, for example, my colleague Laura McHugh had an alumni event and we had students from our single digit Rouse cohorts come back and celebrate with one another as far back as single digits, but as recently as last year's cohort. And so I think that's really a testament to the community building that that program does. It's one that's typically intended for a traditional student right out of high school. The expectation is that they plan to come here to HCC as a full-time student, spend four semesters here, but in those four semesters, the cohorted experience means that they take at least a seminar with each other each semester, which helps to build that group feeling and hopefully a connectedness that they might not otherwise have access to. And then there are, of course, academic requirements as well as social requirements. The Rouse program has pillar events and then also a service piece. So as I had mentioned, our four pillars were basically built in the Rouse program, but also expected of any student who really considers themselves to be honors. So that's a Rouse program. It's typically a full-time program. Our Shame Wrote Honors program is a lot more robust and flexible for our students who might need a little more range in what their experience can look like. We have dual enrolled students, uh, so high school students in that honors program, all the way up to adults who've come back to school, whose own kids encourage them to come back. Their kids even being alumni of HCC, which I think is wonderful. And they're out in the community already working, but taking classes here and wanted to be, again, saw themselves as having that opportunity to be an honors student. And that one can be part-time, but also full-time. But as, as I've already mentioned, it can be any age, any length of time, although we rec generally recommend that students plan on at least spending two semesters here in order to complete the academic requirements of either of our honors programs. So there's also a social piece and sort of a reflection piece that's part of that program, but it is a lot more open to variations in personal needs. So if our students, for example, are working full-time or even you know, have family obligations, that one tends to be a lot more accommodating and it can take over a range of time. It's not locked to four semesters, but however much time they might need to do it. I really appreciate the fact that we have a more traditional for students and then we also have this other flexible and it's like it feels very much like we're looking at the population that we have here at ATC and understanding and listening, right? Listening first and then creating those opportunities for them. Where does the undergraduate research program fit in the honors program? Can you tell us a brief overview of this opportunity so that we can also bring that into consideration? Absolutely. So undergraduate research is an experience that's considered part of honors. It's an opportunity for students to take subjects that they're learning about in class. Right now, we are more focused in STEM fields. So things like engineering, chemistry, environmental science, physics, but we are expanding that into other disciplines. And we have, for example, a very active anthropology professor who does undergraduate research with our students. But it's an opportunity for students to take the subject matter and then to really do a deeper dive 
alive and to think more critically about it, maybe to apply it to their environment, the world around us under the mentorship of a faculty or staff member. And I think it's really an exciting opportunity for students to find an avenue into that critical thinking piece that maybe they haven't explored before. As an undergraduate, I didn't always earn the best grades and it was through undergraduate research that really changed my trajectory. And as a first generation student here in America, my parents didn't even know about this opportunity. I happened to stumble upon it myself when I was an undergraduate. And I hope that by providing this opportunity and hopefully pushing the word out to our community, that students find it a little more easily, that they can explore it as a way to, again, sort of discover their own greatness. But it can look a lot of different ways depending on your discipline. In the STEM fields, it might be working in the lab. In the social sciences, it might be doing field work. In the arts, I would love to see our students do undergraduate research in the arts, but it could be sort of doing critical analysis of theater or visual arts pieces. I think they're just, there's so many possibilities. Cheryl, if you don't mind, can we talk a little more about that own experience that you just shared with us? Because I think there's so much value and I'm sure that that informs so much the work that you do both here, you know, for the undergraduate research program, but the honors program as well. So if you can just yeah. kind of tell us a little bit about how your own personal experience as an undergraduate student, like you said, first generation here, stumbling upon an opportunity like this, and you just said it yeah. transformed right? We don't want people to stumble upon it. We want people to come. We want our students to come and make that conscious decision, know that it is available and then make the decision of, yes, this is what I want to do. Or this is not what I want to do. So help us through your own experience, right? Understand yeah. a little bit better about the value of these kind of programs and knowing that they exist so we can make that yeah. decision. I think it's it truly was transformative. So as an undergraduate, so my parents are from the Philippines. I was born here though. So they moved here and in the Philippines, there's a lot of emphasis to be like a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. And so they sort of came to the United States with the same thing. And if it wasn't going to be that, it was going to be a nurse. You know, So there's a lot of these expectations I think that get put on us. But I happen to be very lucky. I went to a big public institution in New Jersey, Rutgers, and I happened to be sitting in a chemistry class my junior year. And I don't know, a faculty member mentioned something about this notion of undergraduate graduate research. And back in the day, we didn't have the internet yet. So what I was able to do was go to the Office of Chemistry and get this printout of all the faculty members and their research interests or what, you know, what it is they were interested in doing. And I literally leafed through this pamphlet like nobody's business. I mean, I was reading their <laughs> profiles and studying and studying. And it's much easier for students now. Jump on the website. I tell students all the time, you're transferring to UMBC, get on their website, look at all the faculty profiles and see if they're doing something interesting. But so I leafed through this pamphlet and then I found, luckily, the one professor that was teaching my class at the time, I, he was looking for undergraduate students. So I went and talked to him and he eventually told me about his postdoc, which is someone who has their PhD, but is doing research in an academic setting. And he was like, yeah, I'd love for you to work on this small peptide project that I've got. It's a synthesis project. And it was so cool. And meeting with this postdoc regularly, showing up in the lab, learning these techniques was so instrumental in me getting comfortable in that space. Because that was certainly not a sphere either my parents knew about. They were business minded, like more in that sphere, not STEM at all. And so the year after, there was a new professor on campus, a very vibrant woman, Dr. Catherine Urich. She came and talked to our senior seminar and talked about biomaterials and how she has done research in polymers to be used for um, implantable devices and drug delivery systems. And I was fascinated. So I went and talked to her because now I had broken the seal and I was I felt comfortable approaching faculty members. So I went and talked to her and I was the first undergraduate to work in her lab. And we're still in touch today. Like she's 
she's had quite a career and she's really mentored me so, so much along the way. And I am indebted to her. I went to my first conference to present work I had done in her lab on biodegradable polymers for drug delivery systems. I went on to get my PhD in polymers used for biomedical applications specifically stents at the time, shape memory materials. I mean, it really, and even now, right, as I advocate for undergraduate research, and I even got to do a polymer project on here at HCC with a colleague, Mark Edelin, we have 3D printing capabilities here. And so we studied mechanical properties of them. And I know Mark continues to do wonderful work. He's doing work on prosthetics with our students and polymers. I, I just... It's rich. It's so rich. And that's just one sliver, right? Like what I learned in my PhD is you like explore this very, very narrow niche and go deep and deep. But on our campus, we have all these faculty members who I think are really interested in exploring their interests with students. And so I, I don't know, I really can't say enough. Like I said, I wasn't great in the class always, but in the lab, I found that I was just so excited to learn and see how it was applicable to more than just book learning and real people in the world. It was truly a wonderful experience. I mean, that's it. It's exactly what it sounds like. We hear so much about being in the wrong place at the wrong time, but this really sounds like this could be being in that right place at the right time. You just talked about how much more it enriched your experience as a student. It enriched mm -hmm. your life, like your professional life. The fact that you are continuing to have those relationships, it allowed you to explore something that you were curious about. It allowed you to see the greatness, it sounds like, that was in you that maybe you were not seeing through the grade, right? Because as you just shared with us, your grades, maybe, yeah, I wasn't the best student. Not, not That was not my thing. There was this passion over here that I really had. And when I was given the opportunity, I broke mm -hmm. that seal. I dove right in. It sounds like you've had a beautiful career through that opportunity, through that experience, and it continues to shape your professional life in the work that you do today. And to me, that's invaluable. To me, that's, you know, the best model for education, because as you just said, it's given the opportunity to the students to explore what they're interested mm -hmm. in so they can find they can find that that really brings life and ignites that passion inside so they can make a career out of that. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you lit up totally the, the, the screen. I mean, you were just shining. And that's what I think the honors and the other undergraduate research program are about. It's about bringing that light in all of our students and making sure that you guys see yourselves and feel yourselves that you can really explore that. You also talked, Cheryl, a little bit about this, you know, the parents like the non-traditional students, that this is for somebody who maybe even, you know, already in the work field, but has always had this idea and this passion. Maybe this is the opportunity. Why don't you talk to those non-traditional students so that they see themselves also maybe in these opportunities? I have a specific student in mind when I think about this sort of thing, but it's one of these things where we're really looking to, to make sure we're packaging and making available different ways to engage with this kind of an experience. So undergraduate research currently looks like a four semester sequence on campus, but we're sort of seeing where there's play in that time frame. Through honors, you can also engage in something called capstone, which currently is a two semester experience. And I have this one student, for example, who's out in the workforce working in the school system in food service. And there's this idea that by maybe exploring the needs of Spanish-speaking students in that environment, they can develop a project that is research-oriented, more service research-oriented, which is also a focus of our Honor Society of Phi Theta Kappa. But so this student is thinking about doing work where they get to develop Spanish materials, tra Spanish-translated materials for the students 
in, say, the cafeterias in our the schools in our county, and then see what kind of effect that has on comfort levels and engagement. And that too can be a research project. And we're still at the front stages of that and whether or not that fully grows into something like that. But through conversation, I was able to talk with a student about how something relevant to them in their workplace could become a research project they explore through the support of us here on campus. And I think that's very personalized, right? So again, if there is a non-traditional student who's already out there working, if they do want to pursue something research-oriented, I think there are many of us here on campus that would be open to having that conversation with like, well, how can we make it relevant to where you are right now? Whether yeah. wherever that is, you know, for someone who's out in the workforce, is there some sort of synergy between what we can help do here on campus with what is meaningful to you in your workplace? And I think that, again, not the most detailed example yet, because we're at the front end of it, but that's the kind of possibility we can explore alongside our students. How exciting is that? Because you just talked about equity, you just talked about access, you, you just talked about the human experience, right? Just feeling welcome, just feeling inclusivity even through that one specific project and to know that that could even be part of this. I mean, it sounds really, really exciting. And I really encourage everybody who's listening and watching and who is part of HCC or even not part of HCC and thinking, wait a minute, that may be the way, that may be the way that I can make a difference in my workplace today through that undergraduate research program. Maybe I need to go and talk to HCC. It just sounds like it's a beautiful opportunity to really grow personally, academically, and in, in a holistic way, as you said earlier, Cheryl. Where can people go to find more information about the Honors Program at HEC and Undergraduate Study Opportunity? Right now, we're in the process of sort of streamlining because as I meant, maybe it wasn't as clear, but we just acquired a couple of those things, the undergraduate research and JRIP in our area. And so our websites are a little bit like across our campus website. So I probably the clearest way to get more information is to email us at honors at howardcc.edu. We can certainly share whatever website or materials or literature that would be most helpful for whatever interest anyone might have. I would say the, the email might be the best way and we can certainly send links from there. And I think that's perfect because you're getting access directly to Cheryl and the team right there who are going to have that information, who are going to be able to talk to you and really understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish and direct you in the right way. So Cheryl, thank you so much for this conversation. Before we wrap up, I just want to ask you if there's anything that I haven't asked that you want to make sure that we touch upon. Again, I think I just want to say that honors to us is for all. It's for any student that may not even be there yet, but wants to discover it for themselves. We have many opportunities to develop that through the undergraduate research, through Capstone, through our Honors in Action project, through Phi Theta Kappa, where our students go out into the community. For Capstone, we have students who are doing community-engaged scholarship. There are so many ways to develop those pieces of you that you want to share out with the world. And I think, again, with the ultimate goal of creating a stronger community, once our students leave our campus community, we all want our human beings to be fully developed and holistically cared for. And we really think that we can help with that in honors. I really appreciate that vision that you bring. And, you know, today is Tuesday, Tuesday, the 21st, I want to say November 21st. And we are right, right around the corner. It's Thanksgiving. So Cheryl, I would love for you to close out today with just sharing something that you're really grateful for this year as you're going into this holiday season and we're going into the Thanksgiving season. What are you most grateful for? 
I'm thankful for so much in this world. Um, I'm thankful for the goodness of people, for people who are there to lift other people up. And I think on our campus community, we're so fortunate to have so many of those people who care for one another, who care for our students. And I've really been blessed to know those people. I'm thankful for family and friends and thankful for wonderful colleagues like you, Chris, who are, again, helping to sort of share out all the wonderful things that I think our, our campus community has to offer others. So thank you. Thank you to those of you who've tuned in for this. And I hope you all have a lovely holiday ahead. Thank you. Thank you for, for those words, Cheryl. And to echo your words, I am thankful for the work that we do here at HEC, for the opportunities that we create, for the fact that we have people like yourself who are looking at our students in a holistic approach, who are really looking at the whole person, trying to wrap around supports based on what whatever it is that they need, right? Whether it's food, whether it is mental health, whether it's opportunities to explore, right? Something that they're very passionate about, whether it is the opportunity to be an honor student. Maybe that's the goal that they've had, always had, and never for whatever reason were able to approach it. Now here at HEC, we have the opportunities to pay for your tuition through payment plans, through FAFSA, through grants, in so many different ways. The opportunity to come as you are, right? Whether you are from the LGBTQ community, whether you're an immigrant, however and wherever, right, you come from, HEC wants you to feel welcome and you know it's it's through opportunities like the one cheryl just shared with us that we try to do that so come to howard community college howardcc.edu is the page where you can find all of the information where you can find the services i mentioned and many 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 more which i know i'm forgetting but that's really the first point of entry for you so howardcc.edu i hope everybody has a wonderful thanksgiving season i know that there is a lot going on in the world but find that one thing that you can be grateful for and make sure that you share that with others let's turn this world around with gratitude with love with opportunities and with smiles so thank you cheryl thank you everybody and until next time i am chris oviedo connect with us we are dragon digital media podcast